Hi folks and thank you for listening to this Tortoise Shack podcast. This is a conversation we recorded only a couple of hours ago and we're putting it out immediately because, well, time is of the essence. This is a conversation we had with Professor Colin Harvey of Queen's University in Belfast. Listeners will know Colin. He's been involved in the group called Ireland's Future and they are hosting their public meeting on the shared island and on what the future for United Ireland might look like tomorrow at 1pm in the Tree Arena. Tickets will be available at the door. Please, if you listen and you enjoy what we do, support these podcasts. We need help. We need you to put your hand in your pocket and keep the show on the road. How you do that is you click the link in the podcast right now that says patreon.com forward slash tortoise You have a look around and see if there's a level that you're happy to chip in at. What that does is it takes a couple of quid from you once a month and it keeps our mics on and these conversations happening. Uh, do check out Shrapnel is out today. The, we have lifted a paywall on the conversation with Craig Murray and we are back on Sunday for our live show. Link will be there for members on the Patreon link. One more time, patreon.com forward slash tortoise and I'll let you enjoy this podcast now. Thank you. Hello and welcome to the Echo Chamber Podcast. My name is Tony Groves and we're talking Ireland's future. Um, speaking of Ireland's past, Martin, how are you? Yeah, I'm doing great, actually. Uh, you know, somebody has to have the troubles of this country etched on their forehead. That would it be is, me. Yeah, it's strange to see a fossil speak, but nonetheless, you know. Dear <laughs> mate. Listen, we are delighted yeah. to be joined by friend of the podcast, uh, Queen's University uh, Human Rights uh, Lecturer, uh, Professor Colin Harvey, who is involved in in, in some de- in depth with the organisation behind Ireland's future. Colin, how are you? I'm not too bad, yeah. Good to see you both today and talk to you. And I'm on the management board, really, of Ireland's future, so I'm involved with a, a whole host of other people, really, in, in organising the event tomorrow. So really looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, can I just... Do you want to just first of all give people a sense of what the event is tomorrow? Because you know it's it's bloody huge. It's not like you decided to go to the sugar club and and do a live <laughs> podcast. You know, obviously it's a, a, an ambitious event tomorrow in the three arena. It's going to be a range of political parties. I think ten political parties. We have five party leaders. We have civic society, trade unions, business. We have. Uh, you know, a ra- wide range of, we have even some famous actors, James Nesbitt and Colin Meaney will be there as well. So, you know, it's a broad and deep uh, coalition of people talking about the future of Ireland. You know, one of the things you'll know from previous podcasts is that we're very, very focused in Ireland's future and my own work as well and the work of others and planning and preparing properly for what might happen next. You you know, everyone knows Brexit's been a total horlicks, you know, a mess, a shambles. Nobody in Ireland wants to repeat that. So tomorrow is about bringing people together, recognising there are a range of different views. Not everybody who's there tomorrow, even if they agree about a united Ireland, will, will agree about what it looks like. But, you know, that's a strength. That's a positive that we want a sort of diversity of views. We want a pluralist conversation. So really, it's an open invitation. Come along tomorrow. Be part of the discussion. I'm not just saying this, right, because I'm on the management board. I was at the Waterfront Hall in 2019, and the atmosphere was electric. And it became one of those moments where afterwards it was a sort of be there moment. I think tomorrow is going to be another one of those big moments in the history of this discussion where people will not really want to to miss out. I know I would say that anyway, but, but I genuinely mean that. And I'm looking forward to being part of it really myself. Who's not there, Colin? Who's not there? Uh, that's a good question. And one of the things, you know, I've worked on human rights, equality, social justice for my entire life. And I think it's often a great question, you know, not just who's in the room, but uh, who isn't there as well. 
my response to that really, Martin, would be that there's an open invitation to everyone. My sense will be looking at the thousands and thousands of people who will there tomorrow is that all traditions, communities will be in that room tomorrow. They might be on the stage, Martin, but they'll be in that room. And if there are people who aren't in that room, we're, we're wanting to bring them into rooms in different occasions. We're conscious, obviously, the big ticket one that I suspect you're is political unionism, right? Which is the unionist political parties. Uh, we'll keep inviting political unionism to be part of this discussion. Uh, and understandably, you know, the DUP, UUP, they'll want to be focused largely on making the case for the union with Britain. And that's okay. You know, people respect that. But one of the myths of the process, I think, and certainly my own experience the last number of years is there's a myth that cultural unionists or civic unionists aren't engaged in this discussion. They are engaged. They are engaged. I've sat in rooms, whether in public discussions or private discussions, with people from a unionist background talking about this. But, you know, it's an open, welcoming invitation tomorrow to come along tomorrow, come along to our future events. We've had events the length and breadth of Ireland. We've been in the US, been to Westminster, and we want people to feel comfortable in this space, talking about it, recognising there's a diversity of views on the island. We know that people have hurt each other badly in the past, and we're very, very committed to just getting it right. We don't want to repeat, I keep saying this, but and others as well, the Brexit mess. Yeah, you but, know, but we don't Colin, want us here. So Colin, we want to get this right. We we had uh, Kate Nichol from the Alliance Party on, and they're not. Yeah. They're also not um, attending. Uh, they've they've although they said they've attended previous events that you have, that that Ireland's Future have put on. They've they've gone to others. They're just choosing not to on this occasion. Um, but one of the points that was made was was that you know some of this that those conversations that are happening is uh, it, they all look like something that has to happen in the context of Brexit and the disaster that it has been for six years. I mean, it's been, you know, we, it's not this setting fire to, 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 to yourself didn't start six days ago with, with the mini budget. It's been going on for, for quite a while, but in the, but there's also, that doesn't mean that things don't change there either. So the argument they're going to obviously put forward is that the union should work for all. Um, how do you guys feel about the, the idea that first of all, the, the Alliance have decided to sit this one out? Well, first of all, you know, Tony, we've met the Alliance Party in the past and I've had really good discussions with people like Stephen Farry and the Alliance Party and, you know, respect the Alliance Party position and they're entitled to their position that the invitation uh, remains open. It's still uh, only Friday. And, you know, I'll just repeat what I said earlier. My strong sense looking at tomorrow is that that a, a wide range of traditions on the island of Ireland will be actually in that room. Not necessarily all on stage, but in that room listening as well. So the invitation is there to the Alliance Party. We've talked to the Alliance Party, continue to talk to the Alliance Party, and they'll be very, very welcome at future events to respect their position. Some point to push that a bit further is that I suppose ultimately Alliance Party is going to have to to make a decision around all this in terms of how it handles it as we get closer to these referendums happening as to where they stand on that. But I do think, you know, anybody from any tradition can participate in a discussion about a number of different futures. Tomorrow we'll be thinking and planning and preparing about a new and united Ireland. And again, just to reiterate, I think there'll be a, a broad range of pluralist traditions and identities from across the island in that room uh, tomorrow. So let's wait and see. You, you've spoken about the the 
I suppose, the old identities in Ireland. But as from the recent survey up north, there are a lot of people don't identify um, as one side of divide or the other. And there, as Tony and I noticed at the, the recent cost of living protest, huge amount of Polish and Brazilian people added as well. Huge. And Polish is kind of the third language in Ireland these days. What kind of buy-in do you have from the new communities? Well, one of the things, particularly post-Brexit, is, you know, around this language of new, Martin, you know, which people tend to to put on. And, you know, we don't use it as a sort of rhetoric or political. You say, like, Ireland's future, we're a civic organisation. We're not party political. You know, we're, we're, we're not a political party. We're a civic organization and this is a new discussion that's been transformed by Brexit but been transformed by a changing Ireland. Ireland is not uh, the place it was 10 years ago, 20 years ago. It's a different Ireland. There are new voices really driving some of these conversations about how we can make the place north and south better. Northern Ireland is a changing society as well. I think what's been really uh, striking to me is the extent to which there are new voices who are in this discussion, driving this discussion, thinking about how we can do things better. And that's what I mean when I talk about, you know, an inclusive conversation. You know, many of us are tired of tired old rhetoric, really, about the past. And, you know, the, or the organization is called Ireland's Future. So there's two things about that. One is about Ireland in 2022, not Ireland in 1922. Uh, and it's about the future. And it's about making life better for everyone here. And for me, you know, equality and human rights, uh, tackling discrimination on the island, tackling racism north and south, these are all got to be central and including people, you know, including people in that discussion. You raised the question, which is a brilliant question, who's not in the room? And that's always going to be work in pro progress to widen the tent out, to make sure you're not missing anybody, to make sure that what we're talking about makes a difference to the most marginalised and vulnerable people north and south. Just, okay, again, Colin, listeners will have heard you on this podcast before. If you're a long-term listener, Colin's appeared several times. We've talked about the excitement around the ability to try and get things right. If you were, if someone gave you a blank slate and said, let's start writing the constitution, let's start getting this right now. Some of the things that are going to happen tomorrow how is that going to lead to that? What do you think that, that where that, that that starts then on on those conversations? Well, I think I've been on before, Tony Martin, you know, talking about some there's a bit of pushback around this. Let's be totally candid about that. I think what's remarkable about tomorrow is having a lot of people in the room essentially saying now and agreeing that we need to do the preparatory work. We need to plan. So nobody's saying that this is going to happen next week or in two weeks' time. But I think seeing the diversity of voices, the diversity of people in the room tomorrow, hopefully will encourage others to feel more comfortable entering that space. And we've talked before that like one of the things that worries me is that this conversation is gaining traction and the, there is a risk that the parameters around it get frozen. You know, And if people stay on the sidelines, for example, if the trade union movement stays on the sidelines, it's great to see them there tomorrow. You know, social rights activists stay on the sidelines. There's a risk that, you know, ultimately more conservative small C voices will begin to dominate this conversation. You know, for me, somebody who's very, very focused on human rights equality and the new and new Ireland, you know, I think we need to, to watch that. So it's really hopefully tomorrow will give people the confidence to, to join in north and south. And also, it's not the end of the road. Tomorrow's not the, the end of anything. If anything, it's really a, a new chapter in an ongoing story in which we hope 
many more people will engage? I do see that there's going to be um, people from the current government, uh, Irish government, are going to be there. Now, there are fair criticisms that the Irish government hasn't really done a whole lot to put frameworks in place, Colin. Is is there hope that uh, something like this will spur on on kind of developments of processes, of committees, of cross-border cooperation until we get all the little things in place? The the long answer to that is yes, (laughs) right? So Leo Varadkar is going to be there tomorrow. Be very interesting to hear what he has to say. We've been calling for the Irish government to set up an all-island citizens' assembly. Why hasn't it done that? You know, it just seems to me the responsible thing to do that. You know, we want to see that happen to involve people in discussion. They do have a shared island unit, but the scale of ambition of that unit is is quite limited and that needs to be developed much, much further. So, so yes, ultimately, the Irish government needs to do more. This is about the future of Ireland. It's about the future of people north and south of this island. And, you know, the risk in the process is, you know yourselves, that the British government have a big say and triggering all this. Now, I don't think it's imminent that going to do that or, or even likely, but, you know, Ireland wants to be ready whenever this uh, happens. So it does need to be led from Ireland. The Irish government needs to do much more. And it'll be very interesting to hear what's going to be uh, said around that uh, tomorrow. I, I do think the tarnish to, to give him credit, and that seldom happens on this podcast, Martin, um, has, has spoken for a long time about the fact that he does believe that you know unity is the way in 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 the years ahead the decades ahead you know his his timetable may differ from yours colin um but but nonetheless i will I, i'll 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 put it to you though that the the idea that it's then an echo chamber is what's been referred to irony of ironies is the guy who who set up a podcast called the echo chamber but that, that's what that is the maybe i should be doing this podcast at no, all no no but i find it but I did it's all because, true it's all true yeah. but but that's been put to, that's been yeah. put out there uh, yeah. several times that this yeah. is just an echo chamber i what do you how yeah. do, that's the big gap that's going to need to be bridged and of course you want to widen the tent but no matter what happens and we've seen this now the calls for the northern ireland protocol a lot of that is still like let's tell the truth it looks now more like theatrics than actual trying to get it's just an excuse now to not even reform stormont it's become people are seeing through it the this the eu won't do anything and eu give a concession the eu give a smaller another concession you know all of these concessions have been given that at some stage we have to face facts and say well that these are going to be this is the democratic process and will those hard calls be part of the conversations that that ireland's ireland's future want to engage in Absolutely. Maybe just two responses. I'm tempted to say we're going to need a bigger echo chamber looking at the diversity of like it's quite hard when you look at the staggering scale of people involved in the discussion north and south uh, to use that language. It's, 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 it's one big echo chamber if it is, you know, but obviously we need to keep working on building and building. I want to push yeah. in and say you didn't yeah. invite any yeah. leading podcasters. So that so it's not big. It's not big. <laughs> That's very that, that hurt my feelings. But go You're ahead. Welcome. You're very welcome to attend. You're not barred, Tony, as you have suggested on Twitter. So uh, <laughs> you're more than welcome to, to, to be there. But you're right about the hard choices at some point, And this is the bit that, you know, in some sense, we're an interesting part of the process now where we're bringing everybody into the room to discuss the diversity of views. But choices will have to be made. 
the propositions will have to be put forward. There'll be referendum campaigns. And I suppose one of the things that interests me is what arguments will make it onto the agenda? What will be in the, the, the manifesto? What will be in the prospectus when that is put forward? And you know, my view on that to civic society, to those who want to see genuine social change, is that if you don't play a part in the conversation at an early stage, the parameters of that might get shaped in a way that you you don't like, you know. So it's why I'm encouraging people who work on, you know, climate justice, social justice, human rights and equality to get involved, to, to, to you know, people use the language of New Ireland. Well, let's make it a conversation about a New Ireland, you know, neither north nor south is perfect by a long stretch. So, you know, how can we improve uh, all parts of the island for everyone who shares it. What interests me most, and links back to Martin's question, is I want to see this transform the lives of the most marginalised and vulnerable people across this island. And that's a particularly pertinent point now when we're facing into a cost of living catastrophe. You know, for people in the city that I'm in here, you know, it has to be meaningful. You know, it really can't just be political rhetoric or warm words. So if you're not, if you're a bystander in that, you know, you're not involved in shaping that conversation. I'm going to finish this on a good note, Carlin, because I like to finish on a good yep. note. We are in a u- unique position. And I mean, we're, we're one of the only countries yep. in the world in this yep. unique position where we get to design a country for North and South that is neither of neither the way either of them are at the moment, but better than both. Yeah. I mean, there's so few places in the world where that can be done without bloodshed, where it can be done through conversation, where it can be done with democratic buy-in. It's such an opportunity. It is really such an opportunity to build something better for all communities on Ireland. And, and, and you know, everybody gets to have a say. That's the, that's the yeah. great thing. It's not forced on them. So I think it's a good idea. I'd love to see buy-in from everybody. I do think you have difficulties to overcome, but I also think without the framework of a united Ireland, then things that shouldn't be on the agenda will be on the agenda when it comes to vote time. And I think the work you're doing is great in that sense that we're knocking down a lot of the crutches that are there at the moment. Colin Harvey, thanks for coming on, have this conversation with us. Um, We wish you, a great night tomorrow. Um, great, great afternoon. Uh, and I, I don't want to be the one, one o'clock at the three arena. One o'clock tomorrow. And, and you're you, all and, welcome. And and and, and cash at the door if you're if you're coming along or type your car. Absolutely. Folks. But maybe yeah. if I just to take the opportunity to pick up an award there, which is opportunity. You know, one of the reasons I'm in, involved in this myself, and it's challenging at times, and it's a hard road sometimes, but it's because of the the opportunity to shape something different and just to echo what you've said in the echo chamber podcast really is that like there's an opportunity to do things differently in the future i know that's a really exciting project it's going to be one of those be there be part of it moments so i really look forward to seeing you all in the three arena uh tomorrow if you haven't much time left what is it uh what was it star trek you have until next year so we're, we're waiting for you to sort that out absolutely well, we're, we're nearly there nearly there, nearly you, there. you've literally stolen matt cooper's opening line for colomini i'd imagine <laughs> <laughs> that is going that's going to flash up on the screen I just, <laughs> That's, oh, you know it now that's the worst absolutely. part of it listen Definitely. folks thanks for this thanks for listening thanks for um sharing 
do go along tomorrow. It's if nothing else, if nothing else, we have to have those conversations and open our open our minds to these things. And it, there's lots of people, and I'm I'm talking to people in the unionist community as well. We, like we talk to we talk to you all the time. You're our friends. You're our colleagues. You're Absolutely. you're you're our you're our tortoise shack stable mates. You know that we're all trying to do, what we're trying to work on, even if we have very very different places we're coming from. Uh, thanks again, Colin, and best of luck you. tomorrow. Thank you. Thank you. Tony and Martin, Martin and Tony, speaking to interesting people only. It's the Echo Chamber podcast. Subscribe now on Patreon.